We've all been there. You're standing in a museum, staring at a painting, and all you can think is, I don't get it. To me, knowing the story behind an artwork is a huge part of knowing how to look at it. I'm Amanda, the host of the Art of History podcast, where we view history through the lens of some really great works of art. Each episode, we dive deep into the bigger picture behind some familiar and maybe not so familiar pieces. Check out Art of History now wherever you get your podcasts. Soundington Media! Welcome to another edition of Reaching Out from Reach, a space podcast for kids. In Reaching Out, we take time to answer questions about space from kids around the world. This week on Reaching Out, Reach co-creator Nate DeFort talks to Mary Roach, best-selling author and America's funniest science writer, about her latest book, Packing for Mars for Kids. So today sees the release of the middle-grade adaptation of your best-selling Packing for Mars, entitled Packing for Mars for Kids. What made you want to revisit space exploration for a younger audience? Well, a couple things happened. Um, my publisher, W.W. Norton, did not used to have a young readers division. And then they did. And they said, hey, Mary Roach, <laughs> what about doing one of your books, uh, doing an adaptation? Actually, what they said was, we're going to have somebody adapt your book for a young audience. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's going to do it? Wait, what? What? I don't know about that. And it was COVID, P.S. So uh, I didn't have a lot to do at the time. I wasn't. Tra- I couldn't travel. So I thought this is a perfect COVID project. And I and because I, you know, I I kind of have the the mind of a twelve year old anyway. I thought this should be a snap. <laughs> it should be really fun, <laughs> and it was. There are quite a few laugh out loud moments in the book. Why is humor so important in your work? Do you think? I think humor is a way to pull people into topics that they might assume are going to be a slog or difficult. People have this sense, and kids especially, I think, uh, can have this idea that, oh, science is hard and it's going to be the drag. And, you know, and I, I and science is, it, it's fun, it, space in particular, because it's so weird. And I just think humor just adds another element of come with me. This is going to be fun. It's not going to be a slog. No slogs here. No (laughs) slogs. (laughs) So let's start talking about space. What were some of the more memorable moments or experiences you had while researching for the book? Oh, well, I'm going to have to start with the zero gravity flight or microgravity as they like me to call it, but I refuse. Uh, The weightlessness. They always say I got to be weightless, which was so incredible. You know, I keep, you keep reading about People spending hundreds of millions, I guess. What does it cost to go up on 200,000, right? Yeah. And I'm like, you, you guys, you could, um, for the price of a business class ticket, you could uh, do that at zero gravity core and you'd be floating. And that's what's cool. Okay. You don't see the earth from space, but floating is so, it's amazing. Uh, so that the fact that I got to do that with one of NASA's uh, flights, and this is again the uh, simulated zero gravity where it kind of does that roller coaster trajectory. And as the plane goes over and down, you have about 25 minutes where you are 
a soap bubble. You are you weigh nothing. It is incredibly relaxing, kind of physical, physically euphoric feeling, and that was the highlight of the research for me. But basically, I, my my feeling about I mean, even though it's very cool to be in space and everything astronauts are doing is 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 fascinating. I felt like there was so much stuff going on on Earth, uh, all of the training and all of the simulating space that happens is surreal and bizarre. And for a geek like me, just a, a wonderful place to poke around and uh, ask questions and see things. So uh, that's what I spent uh, a couple of years doing and making a complete pest of myself at NASA. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you feel drives humans' desire for space exploration? I think the same thing that drove humans across the Atlantic Ocean and that drove humans to the the South Pole. I think people just, they look at a map and they look at those empty spaces and they wonder what's there. What, what will we find? How will this change the course of civilization? Uh, and sadly, what can we profit from? <laughs> it's probably the bottom line if you get right down to it. But there is that. I mean, I have that. I'm the kind of person that just looks at, especially when I was younger and hadn't started traveling, I would just open an atlas back when they were books. And I would just look at the blank spaces and think, I want to go there. What is that like? I have no clue. It's just this open blankness on a piece of, on the map. And uh, I, I, I want to go there. Or like a tiny island in the middle of the ocean. What's that? What's it like there? What is it like there? And I think that really is what is at the core of it. What's it like there? That's so true. And that may lead to our answer here. And you can answer this present day or even as a 12-year-old, uh, given the opportunity, would you ever want to go to Mars? I would love to go to Mars. I am not a very patient person. And the, the, the idea of um, spending months and months in a tiny space that you can't leave with a group of people that maybe you didn't choose to be around, um, that would be so hard because it's the opposite of being somewhere new and exciting and unknown. It is so known, <laughs> that little space. You are so tired of it. And and I think that that would be very hard for me. But if they could figure out, you know, some sort of, I don't know, nuclear propulsion or something that would get you there faster to be there. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to go to the moon. I would absolutely love to see Mars. I look at the footage, you know, the the rover footage where you see just like to the level of rocks and grains of soil. You're like, that's what that's what it's like. I mean, it's almost as good as being there. Not really, but it is just amazing to be able to have that postcard view of another planet. Uh, so to to be there in person, how cool would that be? Truly amazing. Well, our last question for you is if there's anything you'd want to share with our listeners about this new book and why they should check it out. I tried to write the book that I had never found, which was more of a, I just followed my curiosity to the places that don't seem to be covered in, in, in a lot of other books. You know, I, I mean, everybody writes about, oh, it's like to poop in space, but it's like, I... I I took it to the level of, okay, how do you test a toilet in zero gravity? Okay, you have 22 seconds. That's going to be a problem for somebody to crap on demand at a certain hour of the day for 22 seconds. Of course, it's going to be an issue. And that's why somebody at NASA Ames had to come up with a high fidelity 
fecal simulant to test the toilet. That kind of thing just floats my boat. And, and I wasn't finding that in the other books. <laughs> so I was curious. That's, that's, that's how it led me there. But, but I just felt like that book wasn't out there and that this material and those people who do stuff like create an artificial feces for testing toilets these might be interesting people to talk to so and they're and to read about i love it and i think that's great advice for our listeners as well to follow your curiosity oh yeah 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 ask questions all the time be a pest (laughs) well mary thank you so much for your time today oh thank you so much nate my pleasure So cool. Thank you again to Mary Roach, whose latest book, Packing for Mars for Kids, is available now wherever books are sold. To learn more about Mary's work, go to maryroach.net. Got a question about space? Let us know. Get your parents' permission and give us a call at 312-248-3402. Then leave us a message with your first name, where you're from, and your question for a chance to be featured in an upcoming episode. We can also accept your questions via email. Just send us your first name, where you're from, and what question you'd like answered at reachthepodcast at gmail.com. That's it for this week on Reaching Out. We're your hosts, Meredith Stepien and Brian Holden. Reach is produced by Nate DeFort and Sandy Marshall and edited by Nate DeFort. Our theme song and additional music was composed by Jesse Case, and our logo was created by Stephen Lyons. Reach is a production of Soundsington Media, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to soundsingtonmedia.com. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.